welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. Really excited to have you back again this week. And as we always do, this show is all about opportunities for you and I to be able to have a conversation, to be able to look at what each of us are doing in raising those strong, independent women that we want to have, to be able to grow up and be strong, independent, and self-reliant, and be able to be out in the world doing amazing things. And to do that, we have to learn and we have to grow ourselves because no father has every answer. None of us do. So it's so important for us to be able to learn from each other so important for us to talk to one another. And as men, we're not always the best at that, but we can always listen and learn and learn more to be able to be even stronger as a father. That's why every week I bring in great guests to be able for us to be able to have these great conversations, to learn from other people, to get different perspectives. And today we got another great guest with us. Sandra True is with us today. And Sandra is a coach and she has a company called Get Real Parental Coaching. And she has been working with parents for many, many years. And she has two kids herself, a son and a daughter, both in the 30s. So has a wealth of knowledge that she pulls from to be able to work with dads, moms, and others as they go through this parenting journey themselves. Sandra, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me, Christopher. I'm very excited to be here. I'm really excited to have you here as well. And I know that you have been working with parents for a very long time. And this is the Dads with Daughters podcast. So I know you've been working with more dads lately too. And I guess before we jump into what you do in your coaching, I would love to learn a little more about you and a little bit more about your own story because every person has a a father in their life that has helped them to become the person that they are. So tell me a little bit about your own father and how he helped you to become the person that you are today. So first of all, uh, my mom and dad, they weren't together when I was growing up. So I've always known them to be separate. I've always known my dad to be over there and my mom to be over there. And so it was my mom who brought up me and my three other siblings. But what I do remember is my dad was always on the scene, always. I remember on the weekends, he'll be there bringing these little sweets and things. And it was always a happy time seeing my dad. And he was just such a gentle, caring person, very quiet and humble person. And he'd always wear this big hat. I don't know what the name for them, but he'd always walk with a big hat. And I always know him if I see him coming down the road, oh, my dad's coming because I'll see the hat first before I see anything else. But when my mum decided to part her ways, I then, out of all my siblings, me being the youngest, went to live with my dad. And although I was looking forward to that, obviously I'd miss being with my other siblings, but I was still excited because 
my dad just had so much love for me. We had so much love for each other and a really, really close connection. So that's why when I see other dads with their daughters or sons and they have that good connection, I feel good because it reminds me of what I had with my dad growing up. So there were times where it was quite difficult for him because when I came to live with him, I was 10 years old. So I done the whole, went through whole puberty with my dad. So there were some challenging times there just because my dad wasn't sure what to do. He was sort of part of the Windrush generation and they just don't really talk about things like that. I guess they rely on the mothers to have those type of conversations. So I didn't have that conversation. It wasn't just my dad I was living with. It was my gran as well. Unfortunately, we did not have a good relationship. So that made living in that household very tricky, especially going through puberty. Yeah, lots and lots of challenges. It definitely can be challenging. And as you go through puberty, if you, as you go through those teenage years, there's definitely some pushback and things that happen you know, with your own kids, with your own parents that you, you know, you can, I can think back to my own experiences and I'm sure that I push some buttons along the way as well. Now for you, because you were living with your dad during those years and you said it was challenging, talk to me about some of the things that your dad did to try to, I'm going to say level the conversation or get both of you on the same page, even when it was difficult, that helped you to keep that positive relationship or regain that positive relationship even after those hard times? Do you know what? My dad always wanted harmony. He was just that sort of laid back person that he always wanted peace. He wanted harmony. And certainly within a household um, that we were in, it was a tricky time because as much as my dad and I always had that bond and it was difficult for him to come in to the middle of his daughter and his mother. So that was always tricky. But me being the child, he always expected his mum, my gran, to find that level playing field for me because I'm the child. And there was a lot of pushback in terms of when my dad will come home from work, she would then sort of make up stories and then but the good thing about my dad he will always check with me first he wouldn't just come charging in like okay what happened and because we had a good relationship I was always honest with my dad even if I was in the wrong I would always be honest with my dad so he did stick up for me a lot a lot I have to say and it you know it was challenging for him because He'll just be at work all day. Obviously, when he's not at work, he's with me anyway. But when he's not there, he doesn't know what he's going to face. He'll come through the door. He doesn't know if he's going to have me saying, crying, and, you know, she's done this, or and her being upset to him. Oh, you know, she should know better. Da, da, da. So he'd always sort of say, well, you know, we all have to live together. We all need to live in harmony. So there's no need to 
escalate a tiny little thing and blow it up to something so big. He'd always just try all the time. And I remember there's sometimes when I'd be in my bedroom and, um, oh, there was one particular occasion where he, my dad was at work and she just was angry about something. I hadn't done anything and she was angry about something. And she said to me, you know what? If it wasn't for me, you'd be in a home right now. So you need to be good here. You need to behave yourself. And I remember going into my bedroom and I cried and cried and cried thinking I shouldn't be here. I should be in a home. Well, when my dad came in, I tried to, to dry my eyes and but he could tell I'd been crying. Of course, he wants to know why. And I remember saying, she said if it wasn't for her, I'd be in a home. Oh, my goodness. So he said, OK, don't worry. And I noticed when he went through the door, he shut the door like so I couldn't hear. But of course, he's bellowing at the top of his voice. I've never seen him so angry. I've never heard him so angry saying like, why would you tell her something like that? And they started arguing. And of course, the next morning when my dad's gone to work, I'm having to like have my breakfast, like trying not to make eye contact because I knew like, you know, she's really, really angry at me. So then again, I'd get it again. So he tried so hard to level the playing field and all he wanted was just some peace and harmony, especially after having a long day at work. <laughs> well, I appreciate you sharing that story. It shows what kind of relationship that your dad wanted to have with you, but what, what kind of relationship you and your dad really had. Now, as you, kids get older, as you got older, you end up parenting in a different way as your children become adults. You have adult kids. You know this now. As you got became an adult yourself, talk to me about the, the changing dynamic of the relationship between you and your dad and how he continued to not only parent you, but support you in that journey. Once I'd left home and I became a young mum, and I remember staying at my boyfriend's house and I could not tell my dad that I was pregnant at all. I knew he would crumble. I've disappointed him and all the rest of it. It was so hard. And I didn't actually end up telling him until I was about seven months gone. And it was my mother-in-law who said, if you don't tell him, I will. So when I did end up telling him, of course, he was quite angry, but this was in the first 10 minutes of the phone call. By the next 20 minutes of the phone call, he said, well, have you got everything? Do you need any hospital bits? What do you need? And I was just like, oh my goodness, here's my dad, sort of thing. So it's funny because becoming a parent now, I had to make a decision for myself because the 10 years that my mum grew me up, I had a strict household um, some tight boundaries, um, some really strong, strict, hardcore <laughs> rules going on in the household. But when I went to live with my dad, I was actually quite spoilt in terms of I didn't need to do anything. So I thought, yay, this is luxury. I'm on holiday right now. So now I'm a parent and I have to decide which way am I going to go? So I decided to go my mum's route only because I felt that if I couldn't afford to give them what they wanted, how am I going to cope with that? What am I going to say? So it's better that they get limited things and know the values of things 
how my mum taught me, I suppose. So I decided to go that route. But all along the line, my dad had such a good relationship with his grandchildren. He loved them just as much as he loved me. I could actually, he worked for um, for Dagenham and every summer they would have three weeks shut down. And I remember working and I have to juggle through the holidays and, and childcare. And, you know, my dad will take the kids, both of them, for almost the whole three weeks of the holidays to help me out with my childcare. So our relationship grew even stronger as I got older with the children and the children had an amazing relationship with my dad. So our relationship just, it just kept getting stronger and stronger to the point where when I started nannying, the kids were grown now and I was doing some nannying. It was back down in London because I'd moved out of London. I would then stay at my dad's for a few days to, to save me commuting. And anything my dad needed, if he needed a new bed, it's bro- I'd buy a new bed. If he needed, oh, the, the washing machine's not working, I'd buy a new washing machine. It was nothing to me because it was me helping my dad out the way he helped me out over the years. Now, I mentioned at the beginning that you've been coaching other parents, moms, dads, others, as they are going through this journey for themselves. Talk to me about what made you decide that you wanted to change your own life by being able to coach others. The reason why I decided to become a parental coaching, parental coach. So if I can take you back to When I had my own children, I had the mindset from how my parents, well, my mum mainly brought me up in terms of there was a lot of shouting going on in the house. I mean, there was four of us at the end of the day. We all had a smack or two. We all had lots of chores to be done and everything. So when I went to live with dad, wow, I thought Christmas had come early. No chores, no physical punishment. Oh, it's just great. I was just spoiled all the way. So I had to make a choice when I had my children as to what I was going to do, how I was going to bring them up. And I decided that I didn't want to totally spoil them, like how my dad spoiled me, because I had that fear of if I didn't have enough money, how would I be able to continue that lifestyle? So I just adapted a little bit of majority of my mum and a little bit of my dad until one day, you know, working with children, I thought, well, hold on a second. Why is it I'm not able to almost control my anger with shouting and everything at home? But when I'm working with children, I'm calm and I'm the best person, but yet my children weren't getting the best out of me. So I knew then I had to look deep within and just change my whole mindset of how I brought my children up. And once I did that, I noticed a drastic change within the household. It was a lot more mellow. There was a lot more conversations going on. And I really, really loved that. So working my way through working in nurseries, running a nursery, being a manager, doing nannying, then running my own business and then becoming a parental coach. All those years of expertise, I managed to collate them all together as well as my personal experience. So I'm now able to come from a really positive, strong place to be able to coach 
somebody else. So if they are struggling to connect with their children, so to speak, I can now show them how they can connect different ways and different tools that I can give them as to how they can build a really solid relationship with their children. So that's how the parental coach side came out of it. I mean, a lot of it blew up during lockdown, obviously with all the children being at home, having a lot of parents having to homeschool, work themselves, manage their little toddler around, the sibling rivalry. And there was a lot of things that going on within that household. So many parents needed that additional support. And that's where my parental coaching grew from then, really. And I've just expanded ever since. So in your coaching business, you've worked with mothers and fathers. And I guess I want to focus a little bit on the dads that you've talked to and you've worked with. As you are working with these dads, what are some of the biggest concerns that they typically bring to you? Yes, it's a very good question. And there is a little story behind that, actually. So I started podcasting last year because... I felt that for those parents who couldn't access my services in terms of afford my coaching, I still wanted be able I still wanted to be able to help them. I still wanted to still help my community. So I decided to podcast that way I can have people coming on the podcast experts in their field. We can have a conversation and anybody who's listening can take nuggets from what we're saying and implement that within their own family life. And halfway through the year, I realised I started to listen to a lot more dads. And it just seemed like I started to attract them more. But certainly after one particular dad, he suffered from PTSD after the birth of his child. Now, my mind was blown away because I did not know that there was, that was a thing. I did not know at the time that was even possible. So I was thinking to myself, okay, well, if this is possible, what else is possible? So then I just started to draw myself more towards dads and listening to their stories. And what I was finding was the more I listened to dads, the more I started to grow myself, I started to evolve as a parental coach so that when I'm speaking to dad's coaching, I'm coming from a better place, if that makes sense. And I'm able to tune into them a lot more and I'm able to understand them a lot more just because I'm now hearing more dad's stories from my podcast. So that's the sort of... um, the dynamics of how it worked for me. So what's happening now is a lot of dads feeling that, number one, they're not able to connect with their child, either because they could be co-parenting outside of the home. So they don't have a lot, they don't feel like they have a lot of say as to what goes on with the child. Number two, a lot of mums are putting the dads down. Oh, you know, oh, let me do it because you're no good at that. Oh, I want to do it because you'll never get that right. That type of thing. So there's a lot of those sort of conversations going on. 
in the household. And a lot of dads just feel that they don't get the recognition they deserve because during lockdown, it was 80% of the dads that were at home and the mums were out at work and they were running the household very well. It's their children, they knew their routine and they just got on with it. So a lot of dads were feeling like they don't get enough recognition because there's so much bad publicity out there when it comes to dads, as in there's a lot of fatherless homes out there and a lot of the society tends to focus on those homes rather than the ones where the dads are there, they are supportive, they are 50-50 or 70-30 within the household. Whatever percentage makes up your dynamic within your household, that's for your household because sometimes things are never 50-50. If someone's not good at certain things, they're going to have to slap back and then the other person can pick that up. That tends to be how it goes. So those are the main things, the main issues that come up in our conversations. So as I said before, having my podcast there has been a big insight for me. And I'm noticing that I'm getting a lot more dad inquiries in terms of my coaching than before I started to reach out for podcasting through. So I'm getting a lot more inquiries now that I'm podcasting for dads. And now I am trying to only have dads on my podcast. So I'm trying to change it now for a dad podcast from a woman's point of view type thing. Hence why I've done, I did a workshop a couple of uh, weeks back Um, empowering dads from a woman's point of view. That was like an interactive workshop, which I'm hoping to do another one very soon. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, as you have been listening to dads, been working with dads, and you're giving advice out as well to be able to, as you said, give dads some perspective from a woman's point of view. Are there one or two things that you typically are saying to dads to help change the way that they're thinking about the way that they engage with their kids? Yes. So the couple of things that have come up is when the child is around the toddler stage where dad's saying that they're not quite sure what to do. They tend to get angry quite quickly and quite short-tempered when the child is not listening, when they're constantly um, saying no or what have you. So I'm saying number one is to understand that that is that child's development right now. That is their milestone right now. You're not alone and there's other children going through that. There's other dads going through that. Number one, connect with other dads so you can share the same stories because there's nothing worse than when you're going through something with your child you actually feel like you're the only one going through it no other family could be going through this right now it is just you and that could be quite a daunting and lonely place for somebody so it's join the dad's networks on social media or within your community at children's um children's centres where they have dad groups and things like that. So read up on your books in terms of your toddlers. And what I always say is try and read up on the book the next, the stage after. So for example, if your child is one, one and a half, you want to be reading a book 
that's around two for two-year-olds. You already so it tells you what's coming. You know what's coming, so you can prepare your brain mentally as you possibly can, even if that's at all possible. But a lot of people have said that's actually worked. So they're looking out for things as they come. But once you get your tools and, and you've got your strategies, that will tend to work with other milestones as well. So it's always about if there's two of you together and you're really getting to that point where you're bubbling up, it's for you to step away and the other person can come in and pick up the slack. All you need is 10 minutes just to be in another room and take your deep breaths and come back again. But it's all about understanding why a child is doing certain things. They're not doing it really to annoy you. You think you are because you're you're taking it quite personally. We all do. We all took it quite personally when our children were that age, but you just can't help it because it's your child and 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 you're you're the parent and you're in this household. But not understanding that part of their learning is to test the waters and you know push the boundaries and things like that. And it all, if you react on that, then they react back. And then this is where it goes this back and forth. And then it gets louder and louder and higher and higher and it doesn't end well. So it's always about finding that balance, being consistent and being consistent together as a couple. I can't stress that enough. There's nothing worse than one saying yes, the other person saying no. That, that child gets confused. They'll always go with the parent who says yes, because it's what they want. So those are the kind of pushbacks that are happening. Those are the kind of advice that I'm giving. And, you know, you can use that for other milestones. Well, I appreciate all of the advice that you're giving today. And I know that there are dads that are listening that may say, hey, I want to talk to Sandra and be able to find out more about what she's doing. If people want to find out more about what you are doing, where's the best place for them to go? So they can contact me at, um, on my website, www.getrealparentalcoaching.com. I'm on Instagram at Get Real Parental Coach. I'm on Facebook, Get Real Parental Coaching. And I'm on LinkedIn as Get Real Parental Coaching. Any one of those, you can leave me a message and I'll come straight back at you. It is so important to be able to have resources at your fingertips, people that you can go to, people that you can talk to, people that you can just reach out to to ask for help when you need it. I have talked about that so many times to you over the years as we have been talking to different dads. And whether that's inside of the Fathering Together community, whether that's working with people like Sandra here that we, we've been talking about. And all of these ways are definitely ways that will help you to be able to work through fatherhood in so many different ways. So Sandra, I just say thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you today. Thank you for what you're doing to engage dads in so many different ways. And I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me, Christopher. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step -step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org.
If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat And it's full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time We give the lessons We make the meals we buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen Carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best Dad, you can be. Be the best dad you can be.